Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 21. Hear these words. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So good. Remember a few weeks ago when I said, you know, Paul has some, some of those mic or quill drop moments, like he doesn't have a mic, so he writes something, and I think he steps back, and he's like, yeah, that's the stuff right there. I think this is another one of those moments. Oh, it is so good. So here's the deal, and, and, and I'm going to say this, and I'm, I'm going to try not, my intent is not to be cocky or full of myself, Okay, that's not my intent, but I feel like I feel like I, I feel like I can say this, and, and we all love each other, and it's all going to be good. Um, but so here's the deal: I have the best kids in the entire world, <laughs> the whole world. They're absolutely. That's how I feel. No offense to all you other parents out there. My kids are the best. Renee and I, we have the best kids in the whole world. Like they continually amaze me. From the people they are and are becoming to the things that they do, they constantly amaze me. Like when I watch them play their musical instruments and I listen to them, I'm like, oh, that is so good. I am so proud. They are the best. When I watch them play sports and I look at what kind of teammates they are, I'm like, oh, that is so good. I am so proud. When we hear reports from school, from teachers about how they're doing in the classroom, I'm like, yes. When we hear reports from their teachers about what kind of people they are, what kind of friends they are, what kind, how they're growing into like these little mini leaders in the classroom, I'm like, yes, keep it coming. And they're all different too. They, each one of them has their own, own personality and they're all awesome in all kinds of different ways. I have the best kids in the whole wide world. I so look forward to eating dinner at night together around the table because we know that at some moment we are going to laugh hysterically because one of them will say something absolutely hilarious. It never fails. I have the best kids in the whole wide world and I'm not ashamed to say it. That's just how I feel. Even when they make a mess of things, like in, and I have to teach them or Renee and I have to teach them some pretty hard lessons. It doesn't matter. They're still the best kids in the whole wide world. In fact, they're so good. They are so good. I have a picture of them as the wallpaper on my iPhone. Like you've made it, boys. You made my iPhone front page. Yes, you're in. Now, intellectually speaking, I know that there's, 
there's something about what I'm saying right now that, that just isn't true. Like I'm not ranking all the children of the world according to their value and putting my kids at the top. What a horrible exercise that would be, right? But still, I have the best kids <laughs> in the whole wide world. It's just how I feel. Why do I feel that way? Because I'm their dad. I look at my own kids through the eyes of a father. They're the best in the whole wide world. Friends, if God had an iPhone, because I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have an Android phone, but that's a different... <laughs> I'm like offending everybody now. Sorry, maybe we'll just include the... We'll include Android phone people. It's fine. If God had a smartphone, does that feel better? <laughs> Our picture would be the wallpaper on his iPhone. God, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of the sun and the moon and the stars and the planet and the oceans and the mountain, that God, the creator of heaven and earth and everything in between, from the tiniest of things to the biggest of big things, that God, that is the God who loves you dearly. The, the tiniest little moments, little details of your life never grow old to him. Never. When he looks at you, oh my goodness, he's constantly and continuously amazed. Why? Because he looks at you through the eyes of a father. You belong to him. Listen to what Paul says. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. God looks at each one of us through the eyes of a loving Father. Paul wanted the people in Ephesus to know it. I think Paul wants us to know it. And I think it was Paul's desire while he was still walking around on this earth for the whole world to know it. St. Augustine once said this, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. Have you ever th heard that before? God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. Imagine that. God loves each of us as if we're the only, we're the single person on the planet. That's how much God loves us. But here's the deal. We're not the only one and ones on the planet. There are like 7.6 billion other people. And that doesn't, even, that doesn't even count all the people who've gone before us and all the people who will come after us. That is a gigantic love. He loves each of us as if there were only one of us. How in the world do you even begin to describe that kind of love? Like, what words do you use to describe that kind of love? Well, we're going to look at Paul and what he says about that kind of love. And I think the way that he describes it is both profound and hilarious at the same time. Listen to what he says. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, which is a reminder, y'all, that love is the reason why we gather here. Rooted and established 
in love. It's like the foundational thing that defines us. We kind of talked about that last week towards the end. Remember that? Rooted and established in love. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Wait, what? To know a love that is not knowable? To know a love that surpasses knowledge. So first, Paul gives his best shot. He's like, oh my goodness, the love of God, it is wide and long and high and deep. It is larger and more expansive than the whole universe itself. It is that big. You might even say that the love of God fills all things. And then he steps back and he looks at what he's just written. And he's like, oh, that's pretty good. Nope. Not big enough. This love of God is so big and so large and so expansive that we can't fully comprehend it. This is a love that surpasses knowledge and it's available to everybody. So good. It's so big you can't know it, but you can know it and it's confusing, but yes, Now, sometimes, sometimes this is a hard thing for us to to believe, isn't it? Like if we're being honest about it, there there are times in our lives, there are sometimes whole seasons in our lives where this is a hard thing to believe for for different reasons. Sometimes it's hard for us to believe in the love of God and that it is for us and available to us because because we suffer. Sometimes it's hard to believe in this large and expansive love and the reality that it is available to us and for us because we look out at the world and we're like, oh my goodness, there's so much suffering out there. Sometimes it's hard for us to believe in the expansiveness of this love of God and how it is available to every single one of us because we look at our own lives and there, there are things inside of us that, that we know just don't belong there. We're weighed down by things, things like anger and guilt and shame because of the things that we've done by the things that we've failed to do, by the things that we've left undone, by the things that we've said, by the things that we've forgotten to say. And we think to ourselves, how, how in the world can God love someone like me who's so darn unlovable? How? Sometimes it's hard to believe. If that's where you're at this morning, listen to these words from Richard Rohr. He says this, God is always given, incarnate, made flesh, incarnate in every moment and present to those who know how to be present themselves. It is that simple and that difficult. To be present in prayer can be like the experience of being loved at a deep level 
I hope you have felt such intimacy alone with God. I promise it is available to you. Maybe, maybe a lot of us just need to be told that this divine intimacy is what we should expect and seek. Because we're afraid to ask for it. We're afraid to seek it. It feels presumptuous. We can't trust that such a love exists and that it is for us, but it does exist. And I just told you. Oh, I love that. Sometimes we just need to be told that this love of Christ that is wide and long and high and deep is for us and it's available to us and it is. <laughs> I've just told you. Sometimes we just need to hear it. Do you know what this means? You know what this means? I think it means something like this, that no matter what we're suffering through, God's love is for us and available to us and that God is suffering right alongside of us. I think it means something like this, that no matter what we've done in the past, no matter the things that we're involved in now, no matter the mess we think we've made of our lives, no matter how badly we think we've screwed things up, God still loves us, still Right here, right now, that sounds like a love that is wide and long and high and deep. That sounds like a love that surpasses knowledge, doesn't it? So God's love is available to us always. And it's something that's almost too big for us to understand. And yet Paul wants us to grasp just a little bit of God's love. And I think Paul wants us to understand and experience a little bit of God's love because when we experience the love of God, what does it do to us? It changes us. When we experience the love of God, it changes us. Remember the context in which Paul is writing. And we've talked about it for the last few weeks now. Paul is calling us. He's saying part of our identity is to tear down, break down all of the walls that divide us, that separate us from of those people. That through the love of Jesus, we can and will break down those walls. But I think he's saying in order for us to have the power to do that, we have to first experience the love of God that is in Jesus because that love changes us, gives us the ability to do those things. Oh, I read a story recently about a, a church in Chicago that was helping with uh, hurricane relief. Uh, this church, along with a few other churches in town, were filling a 45-foot semi-truck uh, with all kinds of things like diapers and peanut butter and canned goods and you name it. If, if it was needed for hurricane relief, they, they did it. Uh, there, there were a couple of guys uh, who showed up in an SUV uh, in the church parking lot, not even connected to the church. They just heard about it filled with all kinds of stuff because they had heard about it and they're like, let's get in on that. So you know what they did? They, they, they threw a big block party 
in their neighborhood, and they had a whole bunch of people just bring all the sorts of things that you would give to hurricane relief, and they dropped them off at this church. There was another couple who showed up with a pickup truck full of all kinds of stuff, and they, as they told their story, they had lost their children at a very young age, and on the anniversary of, of their deaths, they do something to try to help other people, to try to commemorate the lives of their, of their children by just giving themselves away. During all of this, there was a homeless man across the street who called the parking lot his home. He was watching this all take place, and throughout the day, he kept getting closer and closer and closer to the church parking lot until finally he was in the church parking lot. He saw everyone giving away so much stuff. He heard the story. He saw the young men in the SUV. He heard the story of the, the young couple with their children, honoring their children. And when they closed the door to the semi and everybody else left, he walked up to the pastor and just looked her in the eye for a minute. And then without saying a word, he reached into his pocket, took out a crumpled up dollar bill, all of the money he had and he gave it to her and walked away. Come on. That is so good. Here's a man who's paying attention. He's watching carefully and he sees abundant love. He sees the love of those guys delivering all that stuff in their SUV. He hears the story of the couple losing their children and then honoring their children through helping others. And in seeing and hearing about their love, something happens inside of them. Something he probably can't even explain. Something happens inside of him that causes him to give everything he has. That's what real, authentic self-giving, self-sacrificing love does to us. It changes us. Now think about what the power of the love of God can do. The love that is wide and long and high and deep, a power, that, a love that is, that is wider and larger and more expansive than the universe, a love that fills all things. When we experience the love of God it changes us. It gives us the ability to, to break down, cross over, destroy those dividing walls of hostility that separate us from them. It allows us to love people we think are unlovable, except those who we think are unacceptable because the love of God has the power to change us, to make us new. But, but it doesn't end there for Paul. He's like, I'm gonna push this thing even a little farther, a little deeper, and I love it. Middle of verse 17 again. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that love that surpasses knowledge. So Everything up to this point has been leading to what he's saying now so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness 
of God. What does that look like? To be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God? Like, how does that work? What happens next? I'm not going to tell you. Instead, I'm going to show you. So, Parker, are you going to help me? Come on up here. All right, buddy. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to pour the water from this pitcher into that cup. Good job. I said pour the water that is in this pitcher into that cup. Yeah. No, all the water. There we go. Yes. You did it. You made a mess. A holy mess right there. You can sit down. Thank you. Filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Are you with me now? When we experience the love of God and we are filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, it's gonna overflow. It's gonna overflow. Because the love of God, just like God, cannot be contained. You cannot contain the love of God. God's love cannot be kept inside. God's love is meant to be given away. God gives it to us so that we can then give it away. God's love is for the whole world. That's the mystery that we talked about last week that has been revealed. God was God of Israel, not just for Israel's sake, but for the sake of the whole world. We didn't always know this. Now we do. God is God first to the Jews, and once that dividing wall of hostility has been destroyed through the love of Jesus on the cross, we now understand that God is God to the Gentiles too, which means to the whole world. If we are filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, it's gonna overflow. Friends, this has always been true. This has always been true with the church. Think about all the giants of the faith, right? Again, we always start with Mother Teresa or Martin Luther King Jr. Or we can, we can name and on and on and on. That list goes on and on and on. People who are filled to the measure of all the fullness of God and it just overflows and in some cases, they literally transform and change the trajectory of the whole planet because they're filled to the measure of all the fullness of God and it just overflows. Think about how many helping organizations, how many charities, how many 12-step programs, how many hospitals, how many ministries have begun because someone somewhere in some place at some time was filled to all the fullness of God and it just overflowed. Right? This happened. The same thing happens every day in other people's lives. Normal people like you and me, people do things like adopt children. People volunteer at hospice. People on a regular basis volunteer at places like food at first, along with 
thousands of, of thankless things that people do in order to help make someone's life a little bit better, to help just maybe get them through the day. Friends, you are loved. I'm telling you this right now because sometimes we just need to be told. You are loved. You are loved with the love of Christ that is long and wide and high and deep. It's more expansive than the universe itself. This is the love that fills all things. And even if you don't think you deserve it, it's yours. It is for you. Receive it. Allow it to change you and mold you. Allow it to soften you. And as you do, you'll begin to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And you'll begin to become more aware of all the places in your life and all the places in our own community and in this world where you can sort of direct the overflow. Where does your overflow need to be directed? And as you do, others, and one day the whole entire world will experience the overflowing love of the divine through Jesus. Now, to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Let's pray. God, thank you for your love. It is so big and so wide and so expansive that we cannot fully grasp it or understand it. And God, help us to experience in these next few moments, help open us up through music, through prayer, through meditation, to just experience your love and to allow your love to, to do what it needs to do inside of us. Continue to fill us, oh God, so that we might overflow. Show us all the places in our life where we can direct the overflow so that others might experience your love too. Amen. Let's stand and sing.